0: Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. to be with you today. It is good to be worshiping God today. Um, I, I am blown away. The testimonies that we just heard, um, God has been powerfully at work. I mean, Patricia, your application that was approved was for your for your immigration. Yes. So to have your immigration application be turned down, And then, to have the appeal be successful is amazing! Like, praise God! Yes! And Joe. Now, some of you folks, you just heard um, Michelle talk about her brother Joe. I I had the privilege of meeting Joe three years ago, four years ago, I don't know, um, in a long-term care home. Um, And Joe lives in deep darkness for many, many, many reasons. And, um, and we have been praying that God would shine light into Joe's darkness. And to hear that your brother, Michael, that, that's your brother, Mike, that he's concerned for Joe is itself a miracle. That there is love for, for Joe, is a, that's a miracle. That's the presence and power of God. And to pr- we should keep on praying that God shows his love to Joe, because God loves Joe. We had this most extraordinary experience a little while ago. Um, there's a woman in our church whose father just passed away in Nova Scotia, and he had dementia for quite a while. And um, and for those of you who, who know dementia patients, or you've been through that in your own families, you know how hard it is for everybody, um, but particularly for the person who has dementia. And we were praying for her father that God would show him, show her father, how much he loves him, how much God loves him. And Diane came to church one day, and she said, well, we had asked God for that. And the most extraordinary thing happened. The nurses came in one morning this week, and my father told the nurses that somebody had been just spending the night in the room with him. He, like, number one, there was nobody human in that room with him that night. He received the presence of God in his room, and he remembered it in the morning to tell the nurse. I mean, there is nothing in this world that is too great a barrier for the love of our Heavenly Father. Nothing in this world. God loves us so deeply. And that is why we worship him. That's why we, that is why we gather to, to celebrate him. Oh man, I'm not supposed to cry. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and this passage that, we're, that you have in your bulletin, which is from the book of Hebrews, which we're going to talk about right now, the book of Hebrews was a, a long sermon written a couple thousand years ago uh, to Jewish Christians who had likely had some difficulties in the city of Rome? Um, at that time, Christianity and Judaism were not didn't exist. Those were not things at the time. Um, Christians were simply followers of Jesus who were Jewish, most of them, and some of them were not Jewish. But Christian like the Christian community was within the Jewish community, and it was and that was causing conflict. And so these uh, Jewish Christians in Rome had been kicked out of the city because they were causing problems. And, and, when, and when things go hard in your life, uh, and, and they go hard because you believe in God, because, because you believe that Jesus is God and he has saved you and he died and rose from the dead, um, it, it's a natural thing to say, well, maybe that's not really true. Maybe, maybe this good news of Jesus isn't as good as it sounded when I was comfortable. And, uh, and so these guys are, are wondering, like, maybe we shouldn't really be Christians. Christianity has no official protection from the empire, uh, but Jew- Jewish people can worship God without any problem, so maybe we should just go back to being Jewish people. I mean, why not, right? Like, same God. Like, nobody's teaching us that, that Jesus is somebody other than the God who came to our ancestors. Same God. Like, why not just go and go back to what's safe? And so this this writer, who we don't know, we have no idea who wrote this long sermon that we call Hebrews. Uh, this person wrote the sermon to these Christians to tell them, "Hey guys, we understand how hard it is. We understand there's lots of reasons to to go away, but God has spoken to us through Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the one who brings us close to the living God, our Creator." He is the one who offers us freedom from all sin, from death itself, Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. And that's the book of Hebrews. And this particular section, which I'll read right now, uh, is in chapter four. Chapters were added a lot later. Um, So this, if you were were part of the original community, you would have been awesome at just listening. You would have been amazing at listening. Uh, We're not, because we have... Smartphones, but that's another conversation. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, thank you for welcoming us into your presence. Thank you for Christ who opens the way to you. Thank you for your spirit who binds us to you and lives in us. God, I submit myself to you. Uh, I'm thankful for your grace that overcomes all of our sin. I'm thankful that you're able to speak now. Find us together as your people, as people that you love, just like you love Diane's dad and just like you love Joe. Um, thank you that you love us with that same love. Help us to receive what you want to say to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I read this passage, I don't, I don't know about you, um, but when I read this passage, at this stage of my life, and given where I'm at in, in my journey, I think, who wants to be stabbed? <laughs> the, li- the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, it cuts to dividing soul from spirit, joints from marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the intentions of every heart. And I'm like, wow, that hurts. That's a, isn't that a painful image? Right, and then and then you read further on in the passage, and you and 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 it talks about how Jesus empathizes with our weakness. Right, so if you were asked the question, well, what is it that the word of God opens up? Well, like if it, if the word of God cuts, what is it, what is it that it cuts? Well, it cuts us, it cuts our hearts open, ouch, and and what gets exposed when we when 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 our hearts are cut? Well, the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. The things that concern us. But but that's actually our weakness. What gets exposed, what gets cut open, is the is our weakness. And I think, okay, who wants to get cut wide open so that their weaknesses are on full display? Anybody? It's called, I mean, we don't do that, right? We don't do that. And so I was thinking, I was like, okay. I I don't like that any more than anybody else, but there are circumstances in our lives where we do come face-to-face with our weaknesses, and we know that it's good. Uh, If you've been in a job, somebody has taught you how to do a particular task, and then they come back to you and they tell you that you are doing it wrong, and you feel embarrassed and upset, but you need to hear that so that you can keep your job, right? I, I worked in a mall uh, when I was a student, and uh, I had one of, it was one of these weird shops. You don't see them very much. It's, this would not be in Masonville. It was in Aaron Mills Town Center in Mississauga, and uh, it was a flower shop, but they also had fruit and groceries out, and the fruit and groceries were out in the main strip of the mall, like where people walked in the hallway, and so early in the morning, we'd go and we'd set it all up, and I was 19, no, I was 20. I was 20 that year. I was, I thought I was great. Like, I love talking to people. I thought I was working fast. I was like, I can do this. Like, we can set up, set up, set up. And so, and I was working for a family. Uh, the sons were just a couple years older than me. They went to my university. And these guys were hosting me in their house. And then I was working for them. So we set up and I, and I asked Daryl, my boss, I'm like, okay, how, like, how's it going? He's like, well, you're doing okay, but you got to be a lot faster. I didn't think I was doing that bad. Got to be faster. He was pointing out my weakness so that I could do better. Now, if, if you're in a performance review, you get really nervous, right? Really, really nervous. And, and there are times when, our, when people who give us that kind of critical feedback, they don't empathize with us. They just tell us, you're doing it wrong, fix it, and move on. And that hurts. We feel really bad when that happens. Sometimes the person who's offering us the feedback about our weaknesses is incompetent. At their job <laughs> right <laughs> and so if somebody's giving me feedback about my weaknesses and I know that they can't do their own job who that's hard to take that's really hard to take you're not empathetic and you're not competent I want to say well who are you to talk to me right But we all know that if we were really mature, we would even take the feedback from the incompetent people if we really wanted to grow. If we had a growth mindset, right, we would take it in, we would identify our weaknesses, and we would work on them if we had the emotional strength and maturity to do that. That's what we know is good. So, how much more? How much more when our Creator wants to speak to us about our weaknesses? so that we can actually receive life itself? What about our creator who actually empathizes with us? What about our creator who is, we say, omnicompetent, who is, like, able to do all things well, and he wants to teach us so that we become whole? When God wants to expose our weaknesses, it is for our healing it is for our growth. It is so that he can give us his life and make us complete as he is complete. And that's wonderful. And Jesus, so, so, so that's why we want to be actually be open to being cut open by God's word. We want God to cut us open. We want God to expose what's happening in our bad attitudes, in our temptation, so that we can be set free, so that we can become whole that's reality. And so how does this happen? How does God do that? Well, it says that the way that God cuts us open, what's the sword in the, in the passage? You can have a quick look at your bulletin. What is the sword in the passage? The Word, right? The Word of God is living and active. It's coming at you. The Word of God is alive, and it's coming to cut you open so that you can be whole, made whole. Well, what is the Word of God? Now, this is where you have to be very careful. <laughs> Amen. Because you got to answer the question, not just in terms of what you already have been taught the Word of God is, you have to answer the question based on what this author says the Word of God is. And if For those of you who were here last week, if you remember our passage last week, this sermon starts with the words, Previously, in former times, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in various ways and lots of fragments and from time to time. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, which is to say that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the Word of God. And we understand the Word of God through the writings of the prophets, which at this time, primarily what we, what we would call the Old Testament. If we understand the Old Testament rightly, it points to Jesus, who is the word of God. And he's the one who's come to cut us open so that we can be made whole. And isn't that amazing, right? God, our creator, comes to us to cut through our lies, to cut through our deception, to let us know that we actually all live in God's reality. There's this interesting story I read. This is based, uh, 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 who's in the room? Um, I'm going to tell you a ver- okay, so this this story is, is, is based on a true story that I read uh, last week. So there was a pastor, a really well-known pastor, who was starting a church in Maryland, down in the States. Uh, at the time, he was not well-known. He's now very well-known, but at the time, he was not known at all, and he wasn't really that well-trained to start a church. But church organizations being what they are, they said, sure, we've got, we've got money for you, you can go and start it, and uh, you're basically on your own, but what you can do is you can write a report to our church planting, church, like new church group, and, uh, let, and, and you can report to us how things are going, and we're here to support you, really we are. So so every month, or how, maybe it was every year, for quite a long time, I think it was monthly, he wrote a report. And the front page of the report was the numbers. How many people are coming to the church? How much money is being given? You know, all these kinds of statistics. And then underneath that first page, pages three, two, three, and four, or whatever it was, were how are you doing as a pastor? You know, how, like, are there, is there anything you're struggling with? How can we support you? So he wrote these reports month after month after month and never got a response. So he thought, I don't think, I don't think anybody's actually reading these. So he put the statistics down on the front page, and then he began to write crazy stuff in the, in the set page two, three, and four. For example, uh, last Saturday night, I was, I was drinking far too much. I showed up at church hungover, very angry, uh, and I got into a loud shouting match with another elder, but we've passed it over for now. They're, they, they, they took two weeks off, but they might come back. No response. The next month, he built it. He kept going, right? So he he, he said, uh, I mean, it, it got that. You know, like, I I took $60,000 out of the bank account. I can't pay it back, right? He just goes on and on and on, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and we're talking about stuff that if anybody read it, they'd be calling the police. And then he shows up at a meeting with the guys that he's writing the reports to, right? And uh, and they say, well, it looks like things are going really well at your church. You know, we're just really thankful for you. And that's great. And it looks like you're doing okay yourself. And he says, really? And they say, yeah, I mean, that's great. Everything's looking good. He's like, Did, didn't you know about my drinking problem? Didn't you know about all the affairs I had? Didn't you know about all the people that, you know, were fighting and beating each other up on Sunday mornings? And they all were totally embarrassed. And just like, oh, no, no. And, they, and he says, the... What he watched from that point on was a wonderful example of people passing the buck. Everybody around the room was blaming everybody else for having never read the report. You see, when we live our lives as though the only people who are watching are human beings, all of us are like that pastor. We We can figure out what other people want to see, and we can show them that, right? And frankly... Nobody's going to be asking questions about things they're not interested in, about our lives, right? We can show them the front page. We can show them the top page the things that we know they're interested in. But if we live before the Creator, then pages two, through, two, three and four really matter. We can't fudge that. The creator knows it all. The creator is the one before whom we live. Everybody. Every human entity gives an account to God for our lives. This goes as much for governments, empires, families, culture groups, as much as it does for individuals. Everybody, everything stands exposed before God. God sees it all. And that should make us quite nervous. If God is coming at us with a sharp sword to expose us, and he's the creator, he's infinitely holy, he's infinitely powerful, he's infinitely beyond our consideration, beyond our understanding, and he knows everything, and we are accountable to him, which is to say like he has entrusted us with our lives. And he is the one to to whom we belong. We live before God. That should affect us. We should feel that. Because God is so much beyond what we know. He is so much better and more real than we ourselves are. And we should be terrified on one level, right? We should be terrified. Because when our hearts and our weakness are exposed, it's not just, oh, I made a mistake here and there. It's that I actually perpetually choose selfishness. I, I perpetually choose to just kind of shade the truth and be deceptive over here. Like, I, in my heart of hearts, I don't love what is good. I know I should love what is good, but I don't. And we don't. And we live in a world where people build on lies after lies after lies after lies, and injustice and oppression perpetuate themselves. But our Creator is not like that. He is holy and perfect and good. And all of the injustice in the world stands exposed as injustice before the creator himself. He knows it. So how how do we stand before God? We who have no excuse. We have known what's good. We have rejected it. How do we stand before God? This is where it's so beautiful that Jesus is our high priest. That he is empathetic. He knows our weakness. And he is also completely competent. He has accomplished for us and is continuing to accomplish everything that God expects for us. Jesus is the human being who has been the full human being that God intended us to be in the beginning. Where we fall short, Jesus does not. Jesus was without sin. And he is able to strengthen us in our weakness because he knows our weakness. He knows what it's like to be tempted. Now, for many of us, we don't actually believe that Jesus knows what it is to be tempted. We we usually read the Bible and we read and we and we and we sit here in our own pain and our own confusion with all of our issues and the, the brokenness of the world, and we say, "Jesus, you are the Son of God. You always had, you could always play the Son of God card, right?" We say, "You don't really get it." and we feel like he's far off. But if Jesus was here, he wouldn't wouldn't actually let us get away with that, right? If Jesus was here, this is the conversation that might play out. We might ask Jesus, Jesus, do you know what it's like to have people not understand you? Do you know what it's like to feel so alone? Do you know what it's like to want to hide? And Jesus would say to you, to us, Yes, I know. We might ask him, Jesus, do you know how impossible it is to keep my temper? Do you know how hard it is not to take a drink? Jesus would say, actually, yes, I do know. I know what it is to be weak. Jesus, do you know how hard it is to live in this body, to feel inadequate, self-conscious all the time? Do you know how hard it is to look after myself to fulfill other people's expectations, to meet my own expectations. And Jesus would say to us, yes, I know. I know your weaknesses. Jesus, do you know what it's like to watch my loved ones lose their minds? Do you know how hopeless I feel when the person that I thought I knew, the person I I really knew, is gone, but their body is still there? Do you know how lost I feel when I pray and God doesn't change the situation? Do you know how angry I feel and how much I hate to feel anger? Do you know how afraid I am? And Jesus would say, yes. Yes, I know. We would say, Jesus, do you know how hard it is for me to love others? Do you know how mad I get at the outrageous expectations that I keep on loving everybody around me and keep on giving? And Jesus would say, yes, I know. And I know how you cut off your capacity to love by spending hours on yourself or on your screen, by filling your ears with noise. Jesus, do you know how impossible it is to change this world? Do you know how heavy the load is? Do you see all the others who don't care? Do you see the leaders full of lies and empty promises? Do you know how the world is warming? Jesus, do you see our grief at the fact that we are destroying nature? Do you see our stress at the state of this planet? Do you see the weight that we're carrying? And Jesus says, yes, I know. I know. Jesus knows our weakness. He knows our weakness. And that's why when we come to God and when we come to Jesus, We don't don't come to somebody that doesn't understand us. We come to somebody who knows exactly what we're going through. And he is strong where we are weak. He himself was faithful to the Father, even to the point of death. And so when you feel like your weaknesses are being exposed, not just before other people, not just like the front page that you're showing them is bad, but actually when you feel like before God, you are being exposed and you want to get down on yourself you want to you want to actually like get down on yourself you want to insult yourself you want to accuse yourself you want to wallow in the self pity and the shame when that's what's happening in your heart remember that Jesus got down with you Jesus gets down with you in the mess When you want to get lost in a swamp of sadness and shame and hopelessness and despair, remember that Jesus gets into that swamp with you and his light shines even in that darkness. And so what you do instead of getting down on yourself is you get down before your heavenly father. You get down on your knees before God. You approach the throne of grace because you actually do have an invitation to come into God's presence. You have an invitation to come before the Creator and to know that your Creator welcomes you because of Jesus. And you get down on your knees before the Creator. You draw near to God. You draw near to God. And you get down and you cry out to Jesus for help in your time of need. And you get down and you praise Jesus for His goodness. You get down and you Thank Jesus that he understands what you're going through. You get down on your knees and you thank and praise Jesus for his love. You get down before God and you worship him. You get down before God and you get down with the rhythms of his grace. You let the rhythm of God's power move in your body and you begin to get down in a totally different way. Your feet begin to move. You begin to dance because you are finding strength in your time of need. The creator loves you. He loves, to, he loves to draw you near to him. He loves to forgive you. He loves to open up your weaknesses so that he can pour out his love and his healing and his grace on you. And you find that you have power to dance, to get down in the midst of the struggle with a rhythm that the struggle cannot destroy. So we get down before Jesus, we draw near to our Heavenly Father with full assurance of faith, because he loves us, and we find strength to help us in our time of need. Amen. God, you know us. You know, you know the things that are hidden from other people. You know the things that are hidden from ourselves. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus Christ, for being our high priest, for knowing our weakness, and for carrying our weakness in yourself, and for being the one who offers us strength. Thank you that you do not condemn us. Lord, would the rhythm and the power of your grace pulse in us? Give us strength to move. And Lord, where, where we have not yet welcomed you, where we have not yet received your invitation, God, I pray that today you would give us strength to say yes to you, to receive the life that you're offering us. I ask this in the power of your name. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to find out more about Mosaic and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com.